will come back a broken man. Yeah, back broken. Too much sex. You are on the road to disaster. No, I am on Shag Highway, heading west. Farewell, failure. America, watch out! Here comes Colin Frizzle. And he's got a big knob. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. Christmas is all around me. And so the feeling grows. Hello and welcome to What is Love Actually with Beth Amon and Patrick Flynn. I'm Beth Amon. And I'm Patrick Flynn. And this is the podcast where we try to discover just what the 2003 Christmas romantic comedy Love Actually is. By taking it apart. And putting it back together again. And this episode we're talking about Colin and Tony. Not the a couple. weirdest storyline of right. them all. Not a couple in the traditional sense. Just a couple of dudes. Just a couple of guys doing... Dudes. Well, we'll talk about it. And who are we here to talk about it with, Beth? We have John Lockney and Katie McManus joining us to give some colorful commentary on what is, in my opinion, one of the weirdest and potentially fever dream-like storylines. It's the worst. Why did you give it to us? (laughs) Because I knew you two would laugh and have fun with it. We've been talking on the sidelines about this and we're like, what is... Like, what is this story? I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. even sure, but we'll get into it, right? Yeah. When you watch it yeah. in isolation, it, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's weirder than it's, it's, there's a lot yeah. of like, with the rest of the movie to distract you from the fact that this is actually very weird, <laughs> very, yeah, and, very weird. And to find that even in the deleted scenes, there are zero deleted there scenes. There are no deleted scenes. This so is it. It's not even important enough to have been cut. Nope. I mean, it's yeah. It, it yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very very light. <laughs> Got it in one. This one. Yeah. Nope. Exactly. Nope. Yeah. They're done. It's no a wrap. Mistakes. The whole storyline goes. It could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I that too. Yeah. I just think it's complete. I, it's not even filler. I don't even know if it's filler. <laughs> I really would like us to explore the idea that this is just a fever dream for Colin. (laughs) Because that's the only way I can rationalize this part of the movie. Well, because it's completely and utterly unbelievable and ridiculous. The fact that he thinks that he has to go to America because the girls are too sorry and stuck up in England. Therefore, he has to go where... (laughs) He thinks that they are going to fall at his feet. And of course, you know. And they do. So, uh-huh. well, yeah. exactly. But before we dig well, too mean, deep into going... this, <laughs> let's, um, we should ask, as we ask everybody, what your personal history with this movie uh, was. Have you seen it before? Have you never, ever seen it before? Do you watch it every day? What's the, um, let's start with Katie. <laughs> Katie, what's your, what's your jam on this, on this one? Well, I definitely don't watch it every day, but I do. I do think I watch it every Christmas. You watch and it's the because, holiday every day. Oh gosh, that's a movie I despise. <laughs> the movie keeps coming that's up the, on this that's podcast. A whole other podcast. We will. That'll be you another hate the holiday. We hate oh, I hate it. it. Oh my god, that <laughs> totally. You're so pissed off. So We're, that could easily be another podcast, and John and I will go off on it. And it's so sad because I love Kate Winslet and Jack Black and whatever. But it's um. Awesome. Oh. But love actually, I mean, I do, 
I, I did enjoy it when I first saw it. I know a lot of it's sort of implausible and a lot of it is so over the top, but I did enjoy it. I liked Colin Firth and things like that. Um, I think it's fun. I think it's festive, but it really is just, I don't even want to say it's a guilty pleasure because I will fast forward some parts if I am, if I put it on purpose, mm -hmm. if I put it on my TV on purpose, I'll fast forward parts. What but, parts um, do you fast forward through? Well, I mean, some of the parts we're discussing today. <laughs> I was going to say, um, this whole chunk we're talking about. <laughs> no, I mean. She just watches the porn. But, <laughs> which is included in this part. Yeah, exactly. And that part is so weird to me, too, although it, it is funnier and uh, lo and behold, a sweeter love story embedded in there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, and honestly, sometimes I even fast forward the really boring Liam Neeson son parts because I like the end of that. I don't mm -hmm. I don't. It's a little too. We don't need to sit in the sadness. We just need to get to the part where yeah, they're happy honestly, again. I really like I really like the Hugh Grant. Uh, Colin Firth storylines. They're the ones, maybe it's just because I like them. So maybe that's why I watch it. But well, you must love otherwise. Bridget Jones Diary then, right? Yeah, I love Bridget Jones Diary. Oh, and actually, mm -hmm. I really do. Laura Linney, I have, uh, my heart breaks for her. So her mm -hmm. storyline, I, yeah, I don't want to dismiss that. I do like her storyline. I wish it was kind of, I wish there was a happier ending to that. But because everyone kind of gets a happy ending but her, don't they? No, not Emma Thompson. <laughs> Um, does not get a happy ending in this movie. No, at but all. I mean, at all. <laughs> boy, best performance by a lady in that movie goes mm, to her. Mm, oh, absolutely, mm. it's heartbreaking. Oof. Yeah, so I mean, I, 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 I'm not a Love Actually hater, as some people have become, but I, I do. I don't think it's perfect, and also, it's not something I need to see. It's just sort of, it's fine. It can mm -hmm. be festive. It can yeah. be festive. So that's my take. John, what about you? <clears throat> All right, so my story. So uh, it came out in 2003 mm -hmm. I, in Chicago. I don't think I ever, ever told Kitty this. I, why would I? Because I hate the movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll start. I, I mean, that's the reason why you would tell don't me. Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to us straight. <laughs> I hate it. All right, but maybe it's just because I have bad memories of it. But so uh, I lived in Chicago right out of college, 2003. Uh, was dating this guy, Eric, for some time. And I, I wanted to go like have a nice romantic evening and I love Christmas movies. I love all Christmas movies. Actually, no. I hate a lot, I love a lot, so. <laughs> you have a complicated relationship with Christmas I, movies. I yeah. do, I take Christmas very seriously. Oh, okay. Uh, so so I, he, we were going on a date with this guy, Eric. We were dating for like a month and I was like, I wanna go see Love Actually and then we're gonna go ice skating and we better ice skate to Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. I'm wow. sure you didn't go ice skating. I did go ice skating. I thought I could ice skate. That's how the night ended. Uh, so he got, we got there and they actually were playing Mariah Carey and I was like, oh my God, we gotta rush. We gotta get our, our ice skates on. And um, I stepped on the ice, immediately fell. Oh. I just, I, it had been so long since I had ice skated. So mm -hmm. I thought it would just come back to me and my, I had very weak ankles. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so my dream of this night, and it was, snow was falling. And I was like, oh, this is so perfect. Um, what a romantic Christmas night out. And um, I just kept falling and kept falling. So I'd, I had to hold on to the railing the whole time. And then I got huffy and left. 
Were you falling though because you were so affected by how much you hated the movie? That's, I think that's the point. Yeah, mm. you hated it. You hated it from the jump. You, yeah, were, you like, were just so discombobulated. You couldn't even handle ice skating anymore. So pissed. Really? Wait, did you hate it more than the holiday? No, I hate the yeah. holiday so much more. Uh, this one has the what cute, I thought. The cute little kid. That story's cute. I'm just very confused as to how you can put the holiday below this. Oh God! I oh, I put the, the holiday worst below this. Acting I've ever seen in my life. You're not watching these all four of those people acting. <laughs> I mean, I am watching it for a a complete story. Cameron Diaz, I just I can't. That was the last straw. Was that movie? <laughs> I I just can't watch her anymore. I I can't. I think she is. Oh, I I try to be nice, but no, girl, no. Wow. She has to stop. Cameron's got to watch out for you. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I would probably like be a puddle if I saw her in real life. But I enjoyed her in The Mask. It's but... a really it it's a testament the, the holiday is to how good of an actress Kate Winslet is and the way she exactly. falls in love with Jack Black in a way that I don't find. Totally unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't find it unbelievable. Like, yeah, she's, at got, all. she's got pretty low self esteem. This seems about right. <laughs> he gave her an eyelash wish, though, with the Santa and the winds. And yeah. that's how their love bloomed. But this actually, what's so funny that it just occurred to me that a central, not a big part of the holidays plot, but sort of like the holiday and this movie, and specifically the Colin and Tony story, <laughs> are connected in the sort Wait, of British American. It's about well, going Amer- away. Like they, yeah. they go to a whole other country and they fall in love with people who are just like, no, you're not weird. You're foreign. So it's fun. You know, like you're neat. It's an adventure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's Brits and Americans and Americans and Brits coming together. <laughs> it came after this, right? It did. It came about three yeah. years after this, I think. Why do you know that? <laughs> those are things that I know, man. Patrick knows a lot of very These weird are facts that I have in my head. I know what year's movie came out before I had kids. Once I had kids, that knowledge, like anything after 2010, I don't have a clue. <laughs> but like from 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 the beginning of moviedom to 2010, I can tell you. Oh, not you. just like the beginning of like your consciousness, the beginning of moviedom. No, because I have well, a master's degree That's in good. this stuff. <laughs> the thing I'm, we're noticing, I think, as we watch these segments kind of closely, is that some of them, like Emma Thompson's and Liam Neeson's, have a structure. It's a, oh it's a real story. The characters mm-hmm. start in one place and go somewhere else. And some of them, like Colin and Tony, it's like a sketch. Yeah. Well, yeah. and you know before, I mean? before we dig in too mm. far, because I think obviously we have a lot of feelings about this. We do. Um, we, we need to summarize this segment. So Katie or John, would one of you like to um, give us a nice plot summary of what in the heck just happened? Bonus points for the fewest number of words. Colin is uh, just a desperate guy who's desperate to have sex and believes that in order to do that, he should travel to Wisconsin because he thinks that American women will dig him simply for being British. And then, and then there's the other guy, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Who says no, right? <laughs> That's big. You're like, yeah. I think he just has Tony to be able to tell all of this to. And Tony's, Tony tries to create tension and be like, no, no, don't do it. But he's mean to him. That's basically but. the story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's this one. That's yeah. pretty much it, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But I will, can I interject and just say, I had no idea when I rewatched that Tony was even involved in that other storyline with mm-hmm. Martin Freeman and the yeah. other girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, no. I had no idea. I was like, oh, Tony has other stuff to do. Because <laughs> he's presented as this foil to Colin. It's just totally. like, he's the guy who Colin tells his crazy schemes to. And that it's the yeah. most, it's the one plot in this movie that is most connected to another plot. Because they all kind of overlap in certain little fun ways. Yeah. But this one is like, the, Tony is a is the third character in the John and Judy story. Like, yeah. that's, there's, that's only the three of them, and he's the third. So that's that's the total connection for it and yes it is you are not the only person who like what when watches it, this sort of clip that goes oh right that guy's in this because i might have been yeah. one of those people i think everybody's like that i think it's a, well i was the one when i started making those supercuts where i went is that the same actor yeah <laughs> like, i should really look that up you well, know and also, I mean? you don't hear anything about tony's work life whenever right. he's with colin and like the, the confusing part for me the first time you see tony He's in like the catering kitchen mm-hmm. with Colin, just like casually reading a magazine. So in my mind, I was like, he's a part of the catering company too. And then you see him later with the thing at the nipples and then like doing the porn. That's not porn, but. It's not porn, right. I know. And, he's in the car, and then he's in the car with Colin and then he's back tweaking nips and then he, <laughs> but he's like time travels. He's, he does yes. Like, he kind of bounces around and I didn't know if it was in the super cut that I was just watching, but it doesn't, it just happens that he's all of a sudden he's, I don't know what, what day it is. The, what time it is. Yeah. The other thing the super cut kind of exposes is that John and Judy's plot line time wise doesn't make any sense. Like it really, it was clearly. Cause They've the been first, filming this one scene for six weeks. Well, how long was the first <laughs> cut of the movie? Beth? Like, Four hours? Four hours, yeah, the rough cut of this movie. And so, like, things really got trimmed out and moved around. And I think that Mm -hmm. plot, since it doesn't really connect to anything else, can kind of go anywhere. And that's definitely how they, how Richard Curtis used it when he was, like, re-editing the movie. Like, And now, nudity. And now, something else, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, Tony does seem to be a time traveler. Which might fit in with the Colin Fever dream theory, Beth. (laughs) I really believe this. So, we did an episode... Um, with Solomon Parker and Josh Simon, and we had them watch the movie for the first time ever and like listen to their commentary and talked about it right afterwards. And one of them made the point of like, I really thought like when Colin gets to America and he immediately meets like this hot girl that like she's actually just a witch and he's having this intense fever dream <laughs> where they're actually all witches and like they're stealing his soul to like feed their youth. And the more I think, I think about it, the more I think it's right. I'd watch that. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, they all are in the same bed. They don't wear clothes. Not that witches do this, but it's it's a little witch-like, <laughs> you know? And the way that they're silhouetted in the uh, room above and then the last witch is... Yeah, no. that's the shot where, like, the behind where Shannon Elizabeth yep. is walking up to the house. That yep. is like if you put slightly different music under that, and that's a whole other uh, scene. Totally, that's a that's, whole other mm-hmm. scene. Katie used to share a bed with a roommate. Oh my god, tearing <laughs> all of my dirty laundry. <laughs> did you did you relate to those girls? Um, no, I legit shared a bed with my roommate <laughs> because we were poor. <laughs> So you, so you have something in common with the with the ladies at the bar. Oh, yeah, that's right. They were poor. Right. Did you come across... Poor, poor any, January like, Jones. 
That's pre med, you know, pre med men. She didn't know what yep. she was doing. I read an article and they said that they specifically chose all of those girls except for what's her name, Shannon Elizabeth, mm-hmm. the last one. That they chose those three because they were super up and coming and they wanted to be put, the director wanted to put them on the map. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, you know, yeah. I don't know where um, Alicia Cuthbert was in her. She just movie. started 24, 24. 24 started in 2001. So yeah. she's like, yeah, just 24 is on its way up. And she hadn't we done talked that. about that one before. John's looking like you knew another number, but Patrick, he pulls it out of the air. It's not knowledge I need to know <laughs> oh until you're on a podcast now. about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I did look up because I, I did look up these these ladies at the bar um, just to get exactly who they were. Uh, and the first one is Ivana Milovec, who I'm oh God, I'm totally mispronouncing her last name. It must be. But I also found out they all had. They have names. They're Stacy, Jeannie, Carol Ann, Harriet, and Carla. Mm-hmm. But they also have nicknames that the credits oh. put out. Stacy, who's the first one, Ivana uh, Milosevic, is called the American Dream Girl. And then she was also in Casino Royale, I found out when I did some research. She's amazing in that movie. She plays Lashif's girlfriend. She's so good in that movie. Anyway, then Jeannie, who is January Jones, is the American Angel. Carol Ann, who's Alicia Cuthbert, is the American Goddess. And then Shannon Elizabeth is Harriet, the sexy one. And Denise Richards is Carla, the real friendly one. Oh, God. <laughs> but those last two are just how they're introduced by the other girls. The other right. girls are like, she is the sexy one. <laughs> really? And then right. Harriet says about Denise Richards. This is Carla. She's real friendly. Oh, that's right. But then like dream girl, angel and goddess don't come. And then I went back and looked at their costumes. I was like, oh, maybe that's like how they're dressed or how there's like something. But nope, not at all. Just Ivana's dressed like Santa when you first see her. Yes. They're all dressed. So they're dressed almost like. They're dressed for Wisconsin, right? And but also (laughs) if they were doing a Victoria's Secret model, like Mm -hmm. a Victoria's Secret model shoot in the middle of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. it's not like they were really warm. They had no. like, and she had, had like the, a shrug on. The little half gloves on. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. so her and, hands were freezing. And January Jones is losing her, she's losing her jacket when they're sitting at the table. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote a note, I was like, when they said Well, we're not the richest of girls, you know, so we just have a little bed and no couch. So you would have to share with all three of us. Yeah. And on this cold, cold night, it's gonna be crowded and sweaty and stuff yeah and we can't even afford pajamas which means we would be naked like i know that this is just like meant to set up the scene but i was like but you can afford like all of these very like elaborate slightly fashionable like half winter trendy am i at a ski lodge or am i at the bahamas outfit they can afford uh, that house. I mean, they, even if they rent, they live in a house. Like it's an. Well, it's they not live like in a, a house in Wisconsin, so let's talk right. about rent. I yeah, I get that, but like, <laughs> it was still... very well. It was very well decorated for Christmas. They yeah, decorations. Come on, they can have, you know, and all the yeah. food on the table and all the food they were eating, they weren't getting all that for free. I don't believe. Yeah, that. I don't or know. Maybe they Colin probably could have gotten most of that for free. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. A Colin and his his it's sandwich. A <laughs> 
believe me. Honestly, I, it might that be. Makes the most sense. I don't disagree with that. It totally. Why else would they be super, super nice to him? Well, I suddenly love this idea that he great. walks into a, he doesn't know where he is. He just comes no. to a brothel. We, we well, missed the other thing too. He literally just says to the cab driver, Take me to a bar. What kind of bar? Just any bar. Just your average American bar. You are in, it is nighttime. You do not know where you are. You probably do not have a cell phone that is reliable. Where are you going, sir? What are you doing? It's all a racket. They're just all side connected. Sidetrack, just watch the acting of the taxi driver. Mm -hmm. I'm very inspired. I looked him up because I always, whenever <laughs> I watch, I watch a lot of British movies and television shows. And nine out of 10 times, I can usually pick out the American who is always a British actor, of some mm -hmm. sort. And I did look up the bartender and the cab driver. And they are both American. But the uh, cab driver was married to Tara Fitzgerald, who's this English ex, uh, actress. So I always think that's really funny. I actually was like, oh, I wonder if these two bit players are English. And they mm -hmm. weren't. They were American. But I also found out that not, not, nothing was filmed in the U.S. No, it was, it was all, all filmed, filmed in England. Yeah, All filmed in England. So, I did, watching all those ladies, if it, I thought it's either a brothel or they all <laughs> They all just got out of quarantine. I like the brothel explanation a lot, though. This is like, I, I really like, because now I'm envisioning like, you know, Harriet shows up and she's the pimp and she like actually <laughs> gets him into like some kind of pyramid scheme and then forces him to take her back to England with her partner so they can rope Tony into whatever this is. Oh and God. like, it's a total, it's not a horror movie. It's a crime film. Like he's now been like suckered into this elaborate, like, Pyramid I'd like scheme. to still it's just keep the layer that they're witches too. I'd sure. like to be a witch. There can be witches. I like that too. They're not but mutually I exclusive. Dig, I dig the uh, brothel angle. And not even just brothel, but like serious, you know. Coven slash brothel. Ladies. You know. They know mm -hmm. what they're doing. They're business oh, yeah. ladies. Well, that is a way to read this because it is so far over the top. Yeah. Which is like a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that he like goes to America and he keeps saying it's going to be like this. And then it is like this. It yeah. really got, I got to I don't know if you guys remember when you saw it in theater. I remember, I think the biggest laughs this movie got when I saw it were the first is when he says, to a fantastic place called Wisconsin. I got yes, a tremendous laugh. Yep. But then like this whole sequence of him at the bar and like the girls being so nuts. It was like he was in a porn were like, it got a huge laugh. Like the people just yeah. thought this was amazingly funny. And You're right. myself included at the time. And the more I watch it now, it just, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. Well, if we're, if we're going to try and make some sense out of this, I have a question. Um, mm. What is Colin's job? If he is paying for a, women in a brothel, where is his money coming from? Because he's like a muffin delivery man. And like says a bunch of like mildly and not mildly insulting things to the women he's delivering his lovely nuts to. Best sandwiches in Britain. Try my lovely nuts. Beautiful muffin for a beautiful lady. Morning, my future wife. He, he he's catering at that wedding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's handing, but he doesn't know the caterer who he ends he up. He could be like last minute hi hired help. I mean, there could be. I've done catering jobs before, and there's like the chef, and then you have. Her, his or her team right under her but or him and then if you need extra help especially if you're passing around hors d'oeuvres 
you just, you can put an ad on Craigslist and be mm -hmm. like, Hey, I need 10 servers. So they, they might be none the wiser. Yeah. Like it's totally possible he's doing the gig economy and like working a bunch of miscellaneous jobs, but it just, because we see him working a few times, I was like, we do. I, I feel like there's consistency with other people we're not getting with him. Having having watched the movie now, I don't know how many times I've watched this movie. <laughs> too many. Too Honestly, many. Too many. <laughs> my, my honest theory is that it's supposed to be because it seems like he's giving away that food at the beginning and like advertising it when he's saying like best sandwiches in Britain and like beautiful muffin frozen because he's not like people aren't placing orders. He's just handing things to people. Which by the way, mm -hmm. giving away a muffin and giving away a sandwich and a bag of nuts, these things aren't equal. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it doesn't that doesn't make any sense. But it seems to me that he's trying to start a business as a like, or as part of some kind of startup business with, cause he also has that truck. That's like a food delivery truck that he drives around. Oh, yeah. It's something mob. Right. Oh. And so it seems the like mob? it's a something mob. <laughs> the British mob. They're very polite. They bring food <laughs> <Yeah>. places. <you laughs> know. That's the shakedown. <laughs> yep. That's how he makes his money. You will <laughs> eat this homemade muffin. Right. You're going to really enjoy this. No, you really are. Um, but see, it seems to me that like, there probably is stuff from this this story that got cut out. It just doesn't amount to, like it's a lot of little stuff. And I think one mm -hmm. of the things would be whatever this company is that he's either running or working for or trying to get or is part of. And it just doesn't, doesn't do anything. Because I kept expecting, yeah. I didn't keep expecting, I've seen this movie so many times. I kept thinking that like, it'd be logical if he was at the film set, like doing catering. Mm -hmm. you know, like if that connected somehow, but it, it doesn't obviously. So yeah, it's but yes, it's very unclear. And you're you're right, Beth. That there is with all the other characters, we kind of have a very clear sense of who they are, what they do, where they like what where they fit in the sort mm -hmm. of. And he just sort of is flittering around everywhere. I guess he. I mean, is he? I mean, and this is a question: Is he sort of along the lines of Rowan Atkinson a little bit? Is he just supposed to be sort of this two dimensional? you know, laugh riot on the side while there are serious, <laughs> serious. There's some amazing air quotes around laugh riot that you yeah. can hear your voice just there. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Like, this, it is one well, of those, I mean, you know, funny like things in, in the, this movie. In the theater, people <laughs> did laugh at all mm -hmm. of those things. They did. Mm -hmm. And then like Rowan Atkinson, when he was, you know, tidying up and wrapping that gift that took forever in mm -hmm. the department store. I mean, even though he, that's more of a cameo for him, but, yeah. um, I don't know. Is he supposed to just be sort of like just some silly side piece <laughs> in the film? Because it's not totally in twenty twenty, I just what? I thought I think I and maybe it's I'm just old now, um, and I think that uh, so he treats women like crap, and mm -hmm. that that's from Go, and then he's like, and it's always the woman's fault that they don't like him, mm -hmm. like I'll go to America where they're dumb bitches. And that'll fix my problem. It's awful. It's a horrible storyline when you actually just look at it compartmentalized. Mm -hmm. um, and then he looks for his friend, Tony, to be like, it's okay. But Tony says, don't do it. I found this, uh, there was a Refinery29 article that goes through all of the relationships. Mm -hmm. And I love that at the, I mean, they rag on Colin too. <laughs> they said at the end, if we could catch up with Colin now, he would be, would have been dumped and started as an insult, which I didn't know was an insult was. Did you <laughs> oh, then you didn't Google know what it? An insult was? I, oh man, I didn't. I don't know what it is. You, uh, John, would you like to explain it to Katie? 
Um, so I'm an urban dictionary right now, Katie. So it's AKA involuntary celibate, a person usually male who has a horrible personality and treats women like sexual objects and thinks his lack of sex, lack of sex life, life comes from just being ugly. Wow. And there's like, I would quibble with that last little bit. It seems uh -huh. to me that incels believe that they're celibate because society has trained women to hate men. Mm -hmm. And so it's very much, it's blaming the women because yes. the women won't have sex with that person. Which is exactly what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly what he's saying, or at least mm -hmm. about British women. Yeah. And it's like, he's not even bothering to consider the fact that he says, I like wrote down a bunch of things he says before he decides that the problem must be the British women. He says, try my lovely nuts. He offers oh. someone a taste explosion. Um, yeah. He says, a beautiful muffin for a beautiful lady. And then he looks at um, Alan Rickman's secretary, who's like her own version of trash. And even she won't consider this. And he says, mourning my future wife. Like, you can't just say things like that. His shirt, his shirt says, satisfaction guaranteed. Yeah. No, it did not. I didn't notice that. The thing is, the thing is he made, that's funny to me. I like that. If I'm going to watch that, I mean, if he was a real person and he was my friend, obviously I'd probably talk some sense into him. But if he was doing all of that, I'm sorry, but I actually have to be honest about this. If he, if I witnessed him doing all of that while he was handing out the sandwiches, let, let's just say I was one of those people who was working there. Mm -hmm. I think I would laugh. I would be like, this guy's got some balls. And he, he thinks he's charming, which I, I, I don't know. I'm not super turned off by that. I mean, I don't know how much farther it would go, but I would laugh. I really would. I would. Laugh. I think it's also like you when you're watching from a, a bird's eye perspective, and like you only see like that moment instead of them learning like his wants and desires and why he thinks his life has gone this way. Then you're totally. like, mm. absolutely. Then, having seen this movie nine hundred times now, I'm like, I have no, I have no sympathy. This is the the lowest point. Of the well, he also, I mean, that scene helps his theory a little bit because he's throwing his game which yeah. is not existent and it's not working. But then in the second scene, the scene that leads to his epiphany, he puts his foot in his mouth because he's yeah. an idiot. Yeah. Like he does, the, I was really watching that, that scene very closely this time because I usually cringe through it and so I don't kind of watch it. He goes up to this lady and shoves the tray of food in her face. Food. No thanks. Yeah, a bit dodgy, isn't it? Looks like a dead baby's finger. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I like it. <laughs> Even if she's not the cook, at that point, you're done. Well, it's <laughs> like that's, so juvenile. That is so, so awful. And it says it tastes like dead baby. I mean, it's just the <laughs> worst. How do you know what dead baby tastes like is my first question. But my second question is where did you think was good? And then, like, it, it's fun. I mean, it is a pretty good joke that he, mm -hmm. the way he continues to be like. I'm Colin, by the way. I'm Nancy. Wicked. What do you do, Nancy? I'm a cook. Ever do weddings? Yes, I do. I should have asked you to do this one. I did. God, I wish you hadn't turned it down. I didn't. <laughs> right. I love the early uh, 2000 hairstyle of the cook. Oh my God, I wrote down- yeah, I Beth, like, you wrote that down too. <laughs> I wrote the chef's hair, why? Like, why? I've seen her in other things. Her hair is always like that. I'm not oh, even- Oh, really? Joking. That's like a personal choice she's made for her, her brand. <laughs> She has done do a lot of 
I've seen her in a lot of things and I always feel like her hair is like that or it's even weirder. I don't even know how to but, achieve I mean, that. That's a good observation. It's, and it's, definitely, it's definitely, you know, you like how do you, how do you get your hair to do like flock of seagulls, but to the side? Oh gosh. It looks like that on her IMDb picture. Oh no. Oh, really? Which is yeah, far more you. recent. Her hair, I'm telling you, I've seen her in so many things. Her hair is always like that. And I think that's why I didn't, I didn't notice it. Oh, she's Dawn and Gavin and Stacy. Oh my gosh. She's like, oh yeah, yeah I've definitely seen her in stuff. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's funny. Yeah. And so her hair. Stuff. What's is her name? She, her name oh. is Julia Davis. And where is he from? How did, what was the? Oh the, gosh, I'm so glad you asked. So he's from Basildon. <laughs> <laughs> Which I looked up Great this name. time. <laughs> Um, because it's clearly a joke in Britain, the way Wisconsin is a joke for us. Like it just sort of feels like, I, I was like, right. oh, this will clearly be hilarious. It is a, it is a small town, uh, 26 miles east of central London, um, created as a new town in 1948 after the London population overspill from four other small villages. And that's about it. Like there's really nothing special about it. <laughs> it also leads into the part where... Um, he's saying different phrases. What would you call that? Uh, bottle. Bottle. <laughs> what about this? Uh, straw. Straw. <laughs> what about this? Uh, table. Table. Oh, it's the same. same. I read something somewhere, and I don't remember I, that whole scene where they were doing the different words. There really is a lot of extra footage of January Jones just riffing. They said that she was hysterical. And that she wrote all of her own stuff, like everything she did, like with the whole right. table. And she's like, oh, that's like the same. And she, like, they said that she was the funniest person in the room. Wow. Yeah. I was, I, I mean, who knew? The best thing to come out of this storyline, January Jones. And then there's Alicia, Alicia. Yeah, Alicia Cuthbert. When I saw her walk in the door, I was like, I, it made me want to cry because of happy endings. Yeah. Oh, I love that show. Can we talk about Shannon Elizabeth's accent? Hi. Ah, really pleased to meet you. Hello. How are you? I hope you don't mind. I sort of brought my sister to stay. Please. Please. Why Why is that her accent if she's from Wisconsin? But then also, why does Carla, her sister, not have an accent? No accent whatsoever. Oh, okay. Is she her sister? Air quotes. The brothel sister. I don't want to throw shade well, on anyone's acting talent, but Denise Richards doesn't strike me as somebody with RADA training, you know? So yeah. accent work may not be in her oeuvre. Just saying. <laughs> it's like, the accent, the way, the way it, it's magical, how she starts kind of Southern, and then I don't know what it goes into. I'm like, you had two lines. You had two lines, and you <laughs> fucked it up. This, it, it ties into something, though, Beth, that you and I have talked about before with these with these movies, with uh, with Richard Curtis's movies, is that he seems to have no idea where America, like how America is geographically located. Just like I don't have, I have a vague sense of the major cities in the major regions of England, like you know, the on the on the island. It's much smaller. But I, mean, I didn't know where Basilton was. Obviously, like if you made that joke, I wouldn't get it. But like. In Four Weddings and a Funeral, there is the an, uh, Annie McDowell plays an American, and at her wedding, there's somebody from the Midwest, there's somebody from Texas, there's some like these her relatives are sort of scattered all over the country. Well, so so the fact that Shannon Elizabeth, who's supposed to be from Wisconsin, rolls up with like 
what could generously be described as a Texas accent is, is <laughs> very uh, generous. It's is is pretty funny. Generous. It's informed by the hat she's wearing. That's how you know she's from Texas. It does also feel like that weird part of the movie invading the normal part of the movie when I watched it isolated this time. I was like, don't get your bad movie into this movie. Keep that movie over there. I had read, because there's very little to read out there about Colin and Tony. Um, there was a fun tidbit that the actual, his first scene with like at the catering gig Mm-hmm. Um, was actually taken from Four Weddings and a Funeral. I guess it was cut from Four Weddings and a Funeral. And the writer just spliced oh. the dialogue and he put it into this. I don't, there's, there must be oh, some- interesting. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. I also just think this, this storyline is another wonderful example of Richard Curtis having um, a very shallow concept of what women are and um, teetering the line between like active sexism and passive sexism and also just writing women as very um shallow characters for the most part like there are a few that get you know feelings and like layers but these women are not those people that's indicative of the time too i'm not certainly not excusing it but, but no and like we've patrick and i have kind of talked about that too like was this just and like viewing it through a 2020 lens versus 2003, like there's a lot of things that would not fly now at all. It's funny. I was, I went on to uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, I just want to see what, uh, what other people think. A lot of it, I think it had a pretty good review as far as mm-hmm. it was like 55% or which was yeah. good. Um, but somebody referred to Colin as a walking erection. And I was like, <laughs> that is exactly what it is mm-hmm. and that's really that's really all you need to say about this which is like also if if that but if that was the bit if he, if it was one of those things where he was just like listen people in this country just aren't horny enough i'm going to america where they're right, horny 24 7 i would mm-hmm. kind of be like yeah i get that like you've watched our advertising and our television like yeah you everybody thinks they're joey from friends sure head on <laughs> down man like that makes sense but that isn't the bit. <laughs> There's a lot of ways to make this bit a li- just a little bit more realistic and just a little bit more fun. And then when he gets yeah. he gets to Wisconsin and the girls are just down because it's America and that's how like everybody is. Again, that's kind of a funny joke because then the joke's about America and not about right. women. Right. Because <laughs> right now the joke's about women and it's <laughs> is not good. Or that he's, I mean, it could go so many ways. He's in Wisconsin, like everyone's bundled up. No one's mm-hmm. at I mean, it's dark because it's Christmas right. time and there's probably only like four hours of daylight. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. It's Christmas and these girls are at a bar. Is, there, is it Christmas Day or it's like Christmas Eve or whatever? No, I think it's... When does Christmas he go? He goes one week. We see him go one week before Christmas. Yeah, I so think he's got great. the scene where he's got the backpack and he's talking to Tony saying like, I've done it. I've rented my flat. And you just see the one week before Christmas right there. So mm-hmm. we've got to be within like four or three yeah. days to Christmas or in the 20s. Yeah. So he's, he's, like- yeah. And then he's gone for a week before Christmas and then he comes back a month after Christmas. So he's gone for six weeks. Wow. Is that when his arrival is at Heathrow? Yeah, they all arrive one month later is what the the Chiron says. So, And he had had no accommodations. I don't believe that. 
He did have a backpack full of condoms, though, and, and it was a very large backpack. So. Hey, I, I went to France without a place to stay, and it was great. Great. But, Katie, I trust you so much more to do that than I trust this imaginary <laughs> person. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But I'm just saying, I mean, I don't think that's unheard of, people, like, just traveling and not having a place to stay. I think that that's the way of so many people's travels. Like, they like sort of... I'm not saying that I'm like that, but I did it. It would one. give me an anxiety attack. I would be like, nope. No, it was, it was you, so much fun. Yeah, I but, couldn't do that at all. That not <laughs> not even a tiny bit. And this was in 1998 too, so it was a long time ago. Oh gosh, before civilization. Yeah, before internet, before ever, like I had to go to the tourist office and ask them in French. It was great. I just oh opened up the gosh. movie to like check my my facts on the timeline and stuff. And now I'm kind of looking at what Shannon Elizabeth and Denise Richards apparently flew from Wisconsin to London in. And I'm just like, that doesn't look comfortable to walk in. How did you sit for eight <laughs> hours or 12 hours or whatever it is? <laughs> well, they're both doing all right now, I'm sure. <laughs> they're doing just fine. Yeah. Because they own Colin and Tony. <laughs> well, this is how they expand the brothel business. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. They brought it to America. Good they have to strengthen Tony. the coven. And I love that Tony happens, good old Tony, who comes to pick up his friend. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Colin adds nothing to the friendship other than telling Tony what to do. But I like how the, the porn couple like ha just happens to be there. Mm -hmm. Like they just happen to be... They're in the crowd because they're just showing everybody the ring. She's like, look, I got engaged. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> That's romantic comedy, but come on. No, I know. But you're right. Everyone's there. Everyone mm -hmm. is there a month later. A month later, they're all flying at the same time. And then the little girl comes back from the band. I mean, it's just, it's a reunion. Mm -hmm. Good old fashioned get together. It's a weird movie. <laughs> 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 very weird movie well let's talk about let's let's talk about how weird it is um mm -hmm. we have a couple questions we'd like to ask everybody at the end yeah um all right i'll i'll go first beth the what's the worst and most problematic portion of the segment i think we answered that it seems to be all of it the entire thing <laughs> <laughs> um so is this uh, is this a, would you say this segment of the movie just this this little part is this a good story or bad story no, it's bad. Nothing. It's a bad story. I, it's funny. I, I always think about it just as an actor. It's like eh, when when you're taking on a role, it's like, does this role, if this role were plucked out of this show that I'm doing, would anyone notice? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. And I, question. Yeah. Is it an amazing way to measure something in a show? A very valid question. <laughs> And sometimes it's I will not accept roles because of that. Um, <laughs> That's a question, but as like a, as a playwright, as a as a writer, it's a question you have to ask all the time. Like, yeah. does this need to be here? Is this adding anything to what's going on? And we could edit out the whole Colin Frissel section, can, and nothing yeah. would change. It's just fluff. It's just just like just like Tony is a fluffer. The whole the whole thing is fluff. It is, I don't think. It Bad. I think bad is harsh because it really is no better than a few other storylines. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just stupid. I think that's, it's just silly it's and just stupid. Dumb. I definitely laugh at some parts, so I don't want to be too harsh on it because I do laugh at it. Mm -hmm. um, 
But yeah, I mean, I watched the whole movie now and I think it's bizarre. So I know you're just asking about that section. So my answer is not bad, but not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's definitely one of the things that it's it's supposed to be taken just completely at face value and we're thinking about it probably more than Richard Curtis ever bothered to think about it. <laughs> yeah. That's why we're here. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I like that I can laugh about it now because watching just this the this storyline, it's it's just it's weird. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. actually discussing it with people makes it a lot funnier. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. And I think that probably makes the whole movie I actually would probably want to go back and just after this discussion and be like, uh, and not, and just take it for face value. It's not supposed to be. It's it's hard to take something two hours and 15 minutes long at face value though. At some point you're just like, gang. (laughs) Again, Um, fast forward. (laughs) I feel like I know the answer to this, but is this uh, an example of true love? Emma Thompson's character says at one point, true love lasts a lifetime. Uh, so do we think that this wonderful little segment is an example of love or true love? Katie's face. I wish you all could I wish you all could see it. <laughs> this no. <laughs> the these the like no, nothing is. I mean, even their friendship isn't I mean it might be nice. They might be buddies, but I don't even think their friendship took um Colin and Tony. I don't even think that is love. I think it's you know, support, but mm-hmm. I, sometimes I would watch them. I'm like, how are you two? Are you two best friends or do you work together? I don't, just like John said earlier, you know, Colin's not giving anything to the friendship. Tony, <laughs> Tony's supportive. He asks questions. He tells him not to do things that are stupid, but Colin doesn't listen. So even there, it's, it's still kind of a one-sided friendship too. So even that isn't true love. I mean, in the end, in the end, he does bring Tony Denise Richards. So, <laughs> he brought her up. He brought him a Bond girl, I guess. Right? Is that what you can I say? Mean, yeah. I mean, hey, wait, was she a Bond girl? I didn't know that either. Oh my gosh, she's she's one of the most infamous Bond girls. Um, not because of. I have to be honest. My brother forced did. me to watch some like James Bond movies as a teenager, as and punishment. I hated all of them. That's <laughs> totally fair. Um. That yeah, but no, she played uh, in Pierce Brosnan's uh, and uh, third film, uh, "The World Is Not Enough." She plays uh, a nuclear physicist <laughs> named. Hang on, hang on. Just I want you to sit with that information for a second. Denise Richards, nuclear physicist. Her character's name is Doctor Jones, Christmas Jones. And don't make any jokes. I've heard them all. I don't know any doctor jokes. <laughs> that is not a nickname. That is her name in the movie. It's like John's new favorite name. That's why? It's, I, I, will, I will tell you why. <laughs> there is a reason why. I mean, it, it's not a, it, this is terrible. And this is definitely not going to make you like the James Bond movies any better. <laughs> because the last line of the movie... After the two of them have, have, you know, consummated their relationship, is that Pierce Brosnan looks at Denise Richards and with a straight face says, I thought Christmas only comes once a year. No. That's the final line? It's the final I'm line. I'm horrified. Of that oh. But honestly, that is so below James Bond, isn't it? 
Oh, it's awful. Oh, it's like, unbelievably think, awful. I mean, I'm no fan of Sean Connery, but don't you think like the franchise would be like, oh, it is, all right, take it easy, fellas here. I, I don't want to turn this into James Bonding, but like yeah. the, <laughs> the, the, the Pierce Brosnan movies are not a high point in the canon. Ah, <laughs> like they're I don't, not. I don't think I've watched any of them. So. They're not. Uh, I don't no. think I'm going to watch any no, of them No, you either. don't have to. I but don't. I, have, I have looked up her character just to see if I could like, if I yeah. remember seeing this. She's dressed like Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is her costume. And has, has a tattoo on her belly button. Mm-hmm. It ain't great. It, n- none of it's great. She's not a great actress. It's not a well-written part. It's a love. It is, in a lot of ways, a lovely, like horror, like just garbage pile. We're just like, really? This, every- you know, how many people have to say yes to something, and it before it becomes a part of a James Bond yep. movie. Like, it's just unbelievable that everybody went. Yeah, that's a good idea. This is a great and idea this, we've had. This James Bond movie predated Love Actually. It did. Nineteen ninety nine. He believes. So people know them. People mm-hmm. know her. It well. Oh yes, she was. She was. Yeah, she was Wild very things. famous. Yeah, Wild Things. Yeah, she was. Tell me who did. I only know James Bond. Who did the theme song? That's how I know James. Bond. Uh, that is garbage. Singing oh. the world is not enough. Oh. The world is not enough. That's, I do remember that one. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait. Garbage is like your your judgment on it, not someone. No, no. That's the band's name. The band's name is garbage. <laughs> the band. The band's name. Shirley is Manson. Shirley Manson and garbage. I learned That's something new today. This is the part where we discover that Patrick, Katie, and John are all the same age. <laughs> Katie's older. Oh my god! Tune in next week to our new podcast: Three Gen Xers and a Millennial. <laughs> That's it. Oh, you all just accepted that so so easily that I was like, like "What?" I was like, "That's kind of mean," and like, no one's judging that at all <laughs> it's a good song still in that it's band. a good song it's so called garbage it's oh, amazing. Amazing. Cool. The band is. yeah yeah it's a good band and it's a good song yeah, mm-hmm. Great yeah. high quality oh wait well, only happy when it rains yeah. i know that mm-hmm. song yeah yeah and stupid girl uh amazing stuff yeah okay. some high right. quality right. late grunge yeah. Romeo and Juliet. like there's a lot there's a oh couple yeah okay. oh, they're all over that soundtrack oh yeah by the way it's amazing that that is a huge plus is yeah. the love, the love oh, the Love Actually soundtrack is good? Ha, ha, <laughs> yeah. ha, ha, ha. Patrick uh, hates it. I think it's hate it. wonderful. I hate, I hate yeah, I don't like the it music either. in all on my team. <laughs> I, do, I will walk away saying that the, the soundtrack is pretty good. I think it is mm. full of bops. I think it is, like, you've got, like, Kelly Clarkson, The Trouble yeah. with Love. You've yeah, got, that's a great like, song. I just really think, like, I think the music is a high point of this film. And Patrick, those are like, literally the only two songs I know are the Kelly Clarkson song and, you know, the Mariah Carey song. Okay, when he gets off the plane to go to um, Wisconsin, oh, and you start hearing Santana smooth. That is I'm really like, funny. Yes, okay, that's a good this joke. Yeah. Great. So now we have to we have to score this thing on a nine point scale as a Christmas movie. So sort of taking it as its own little short film. Like how much of like a Chris? Not just how good is it? Right. Like how exactly. like the how much of a Christmas quality movie Christmas yeah. movie are we talking about? Yeah. I'm gonna go three. I'm saying three as well. It's horribly sexist. Oh wow! <laughs> it's also not Christmassy. <laughs> I'm going a different way. It's not very Christmassy. It 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 and it's oh yeah. I'm going three. 
I, I stand by it. Completely agree. Yeah, I think so too. This is the, this math is going to be easy. This this is a solid three. It's me. a three. <laughs> it's a solid. <laughs> but three. I also, Katie, I agree with you too that this there is no part of this plot that is Christmas related. No, it's none Christmas. of it is. Yeah. Which is on Christmas. Yeah, no, nothing about this makes any. Brothel is decorated for Christmas. The <laughs> It could be any time in December or January. It's you know, but actually, as you say that, it is really funny that like it's not even part of the dialogue in Wisconsin where they're like, "Well, it's Christmas, so you should come stay with us." Like it's not even. It could. You know what, Denise Richard? Oh, she wasn't there, but she could have reprised her role as Doctor Christmas Jones, right? Dr. Which is Jones. that's why there was no Christmas because she wasn't there yet. She is. Oh Christmas. my God! Right. Richard does know what he's doing. This is. Uh, let's not go that far. Well, I mean, <laughs> we are talking about this. Like, let's not. You know. <laughs> well, touche. Yes. All right. So now we're going to score it on a different metric. We have to score how British is this segment of the movie. Four point five. Oh, really? <laughs> no, you can it's, do point five. That's you can okay. do point five. That's totally fine. Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, if that makes the algorithm, if it makes the math harder, I can take no, it. No, out no, 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 no. Don't worry about that. We, we, can, we have, have the technology. We're, we're fine. <laughs> My son's in fourth grade. I got to. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you guys yeah, yeah, know yeah. how to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because they are British, so points. But British. I watch so much British stuff, like so much. Sure. And to me, it just seems, but I've said this all along, it's just silly. Um, and I don't mean good British silly. It's not, you know, like Rowan Atkinson or like Monty Python or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of bleh. So I'm really just giving them points for being Britain. You're putting it right <laughs> in the middle because it's just, it's just British. What do you think, John? <laughs> uh, I'm going a one. Not British, really. Yeah. All right. All right. One point six nine. Oh God! <laughs> In the spirit of this stupid section. <laughs> what? Nice. I like it. I just got it. Good job. <laughs> oh my God. Typing it into the calculator went. Oh, I see what he did. <laughs> what do you think, Beth? I I'm going with Katie's original thought. I think it's a one. I think it's more focused on like the American dream than it is being British. And I will give them one point for being British humans. Really? <laughs> You're just giving them the one point. I also like that our one is Austin Powers hanging out with Beyonce. Beyonce and right. I think that this is essentially Austin Powers hanging out with Beyonce. So I'm going, there's no right or wrong answer here. I'm going in a very different direction. <laughs> <laughs> because for me it's one of the it's 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 a very british part of the movie because if they're not british it doesn't make any sense at all yeah it, it is just like the joke is the way british people view america it's not a nine for me like it's not super british but it is the britishness is so inherent in the story that i'm going to give it a seven because uh, oh. it just feels if they're not that. British, then it this is this is just absolute incoherent nonsense, um, and it averages out to a, a three point five. So we land this on James Bond watching Doctor Who, which is pretty British. So that's, that's you know yeah yeah, and it's appropriate that James Bond gets yes, to be a part of gets this to be a part of this movie. That's right. <laughs> I may not always love you. 
But long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be without you. What is Love Actually was produced and edited by Patrick Flynn. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Love Actually Pod. You can follow Patrick Flynn at Unknown Penguin. You can follow Beth Amon at Beth Amon13. Please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can find a link to our PayPal in the show notes. I'm Beth Amon. And I'm Patrick Flynn. And remember, there was more than one lobster at the birth of Jesus. God only knows what I mean.